0: Everybody, thank you for once again joining me on the way. Today I have episode number seven, part three of The Truth. So, just a quick recap The Word of God is truth. And the Word of God was made flesh in the form of Jesus Christ, which means that Jesus Christ is the truth. So, what does the truth, aka the Word of God, aka Jesus Christ, do? He sets us free from guilt and shame. And he also sets us free from the lies of the enemy and destructive habits and mindsets that we've been stuck in. Jesus Christ, a.k.a. the truth, also gives us light. And this light allows us to have vision, and this vision helps us to see the righteous path to take out of the darkness. And it gives us revelation by illuminating what is hidden from us, so those obstacles, as well as what is within us, that we've been too afraid to look at. So today, we're going to talk about the truth as a weapon. A weapon, according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, is something used to injure, defeat, or destroy. So we've known the Word of God to bring us revelation, to bring us peace, to set us free, to do all these good things. So why in the world do I need the Word of God or the truth to be a weapon for me? While whether or not you are a believer, you are a part of a war. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5 says, We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So this war that we were part of, In order to be successful, in order to be victorious, we need to use the word of God. We need to use the truth in order to be on top. Now the question is, are you going to be ignorant of the truth or are you going to fight back? So if we have this weapon, that obviously means that we have somebody that we need to fight against, right? I've never been in a fight before, um, but this is a fight that I've been a part of. And you are too, whether you know it or not. And the person that we're fighting against is Satan, number one. But we're also fighting against our sinful nature, what we were born with because of the fall, because of Adam and Eve. I know they messed it up for us. Because of this, we are part of this fight and we need a weapon, so I love books. I love more specifically teen fiction books, and this is because they—they they are so good at world building. There's just so much detail with the characters, with you know how buildings look, uh, expressions, thoughts—all this good stuff, right? And these worlds are obviously make believe um, because I can never find them on a map. <laughs> um, but they also take place in in a time period where there are no guns necessarily at least the books I read but they use these handy weapons that are known as daggers and swords and you know bows and arrows and whatnot right and um when a character is learning how to use one of these weapons they usually talk about three things first off they talk about the weapon they may talk about how big it is how small it is compared to themselves um maybe you know maybe a sword is a a little bit too long for a woman as opposed to a man who has the muscle mass to hold it they usually talk about number two their lack of knowledge for of sword play so uh, apparently when you use a sword there's a rhythm right Um, I didn't know that because I've never used a sword and I'm sure many of you haven't (laughs) Um, and they also talk about how you know, maybe they don't have the knowledge of how to kill somebody, how to disarm somebody. And they also talk about how maybe they're, they're not confident because of that. They have no technique. Um, and because of that, they're, they're frantic. And number three, they'll also talk about their enemy. So maybe they're learning to use a sword because, you know, there's a war coming or, you know, they finally have to learn to defend ourselves. Now for us, it's not that this war is coming. This war is already, is already here it has been here since the fall and we have a weapon that we can use we have a weapon that is handy for us and i i as a child was taught many i was taught many verses by my dad by my grandmother um, my mom so many songs but i mean the fact of the matter is i really didn't know what i was doing with these verses i didn't know why i was learning it i mean i I knew that it was because you know i know god and so i'm supposed to know this stuff but how am i supposed to use it so we have a weapon and we have a lack of knowledge just like a lot of these characters in these books i read do and if we don't have this knowledge then we're not able to apply the weapon in a in the way that we should And a lot of times, when we don't have that knowledge, things can be taken out of context. So, for example, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, that is a, a great verse. But a lot of people apply that verse, thinking that it's about basically their ambition, and they can do whatever they need to, you know, because God has given them strength. But if you read that full chapter... Paul is talking about how basically he's had very little and he's had a lot. He's had no food and sometimes he's had an abundance of food. But because people have helped him, he is content in knowing that basically God has his back at all times. No matter the situation, he is content. And because of that, he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. Not because he's a go-getter or he's trying to hustle or nothing like that. But it is because in any situation, no matter what, he is content in knowing that Christ is the one who will strengthen him to do the work that he has to do for God's people. Not having the knowledge to apply the word of God is like having a state-of-the-art alarm system that, that, that has uh, motion sensors and it has like these lasers, right, that slash through intruders, but you don't know how to turn it on. What is the point of that? why i mean that's great that you have it in your house but if you don't know how to turn it on when the enemy slips in to steal from you to to mess with your mind to confuse you even if it starts off small you won't ever know but in order to use these this weapon we need a guide we need a we need an instruction manual and we need revelation we need a translator because, I mean, to be honest, like I said, I learned a lot of verses as a child, but I didn't know how to apply them. Because even though I had that uh, instruction manual, I didn't know how to translate that into a spiritual way. And that's because I needed the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit reveals the truth of, the, of God to us. We know that the Holy Spirit translates things for the children of God to know spiritual things. So, the reason why we need the Holy Spirit to translate these spiritual things is because we are not born with a spirit of truth. We are born with a sinful nature. And the spirit basically comes from God. And the spirit knows the thoughts of God just like your own spirit knows your own thoughts, it is you. So in 1 Corinthians two thirteen to 15, it says, when we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. So the word of God basically cannot be translated for you to use it effectively using your own human wisdom. It continues on to say, instead, we speak words given to us by the spirit, using the spirit's words to explain spiritual truths aka the bible what god is really trying to say verse 14 says but people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from god's spirit so if you have not received jesus christ if you if you and, and, and you've received His holy spirit then you're not going to have a full understanding of what god is saying it goes on to say, and they can't understand it For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Verse 15 says, Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. That's exactly why people can take verses out of context and apply them incorrectly. And when you're using a weapon incorrectly, you're not going to do what you set out to do. So you need the Holy Spirit to speak to you when you're reading the Word of God in order to use it effectively against the enemy. So now we have the weapon, and we have an instructor who knows the in and outs of the weapon, which is the Holy Spirit, right? And we know this because the Spirit was there at the very beginning in creating the weapon. Number two, we also know that it is important to use the weapon Because our enemy also has knowledge that is in the weapon. So, in Luke chapter 4, when Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness, right? The devil knew the word of God and tried to use it to pervert, which basically means to twist, misdirect, misuse, or distort Jesus to fall into temptation. So... If you have this weapon and you're not using it correctly, but somebody else does, they can use it against you, right? You ever watch those like? Um, I guess I can't. I can't think of a specific movie right now, but it's like, you know, the lady she holds up a gun or a man, whoever it is, and they act like they're gonna shoot somebody, but they have like no wrist strength and they don't know if they're supposed to hold it with two hands, mm-hmm. and then they like take they like disarm them with the, with the gun. It's the same thing. That's the same thing the devil does. He uses the word of God against us and disarms us because we don't know how to use it correctly. Because we're not asking the Holy Spirit to translate these things for us. And he also did the same thing with Eve. He knew what God said. And he perverted the truth. He perverted the word of God. And Eve did not check her spirit. And because of this, now look where we are. And the enemy's purpose in doing this is basically for us to be forever separated from God. Just, just like he is. He said, if I can't be doing you know, what I was doing before, then neither can you. If I'm going to be trapped, so are you. So the enemy is the devil. It is demons. It is spirits that are not of God. And he does not fight fair. Royer. He is a copycat. He's a liar and a deceiver. So, so let, let's think about it this way. Have you ever heard a voice like, you know, you were praying probably maybe for like a job or like direction. You just, you didn't know what step to take next and you're like, okay, God, if this is from you, I heard something, but I'm not sure if it's from you. And, 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 um, it sounds like it might be the truth, but you're not entirely sure or, or let's say. I mean, you're just very conflicted because you're like, you know what, God, I think your word says this, but, but, you know, give me a sign. Well, if you're not careful and you're not channeling the Holy Spirit, then you're going to be using his truth incorrectly. You're going to be saying that it is the truth of God when it is really the enemy misdirecting you or perverting the knowledge of God in in order to get you to fall into a trap the devil, he tries to use the same knowledge and the same arena and even tries to use the same voice of God but instead of doing it to set you free he uses it to steal kill and destroy so in John chapter 10, verse 1 to 10, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees he's telling them that um, let me let me just read it to you, it says, very truly I tell you Pharisees anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is a shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used his figure of speech. But the Pharisees, the people who are supposed to know the word of God, did not understand what he was telling them. So the, the people who are supposed to know the word of God did not know the word. They didn't know it. So verse 7 says, Therefore Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes in only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus right there basically says, I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life, right? But the enemy tries to come into that same place where you are where you're trying to follow God, and he tries to come around and get you to go the other direction. So here's another example. Here's an example of the enemy actually trying to use the voice of God to confuse you, right? So in Revelations 5.5, when John, you know, was caught up in a vision, he says that one of the elders referred to Jesus as the Lion of the tribe of Judah, Right? And then, but in uh, 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. He literally has nothing of his own. He is is a liar. He is, is a deceiver. He is just messed up. He knows he's not the lion. Yet and still, because of the prey that he wants to capture, which is us, which is our souls... He tries to sound like the lion of the tribe of Judah but the difference between you and the devil should be that you not only have the knowledge but you also have the Spirit of God which guides you into the truth of what what God really says of what he meant in his word and also what his voice sounds like but you have to be familiar with your weapon if you only pick up your weapon when it's time to fight, do you really know how to use it? You don't. Your wrist is going to hurt. Or how about this? Your soul is going to be hurt. Your heart is going to be broken. You're going to be confused about your identity. But you can use the word of God to remove all of this confusion. That is what the truth does. So I love machetes. I cannot tell you why but I love machetes and I want one so bad, but my husband won't let me have one. But anyways, when we go for walks, right, I imagine myself using a machete to run into the forest and like carve a path for some reason. <laughs> and machetes, they don't discern between a tree branch, a fern, a vine, or really tall grass. But the word of God can do all of that in the Word of God cuts to the truth. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So, if there is any type of confusion between any part of your mind, of your soul, of your spirit, The word of God will cut through that so that you can gain that discernment. So many people don't know the truth. They don't have this weapon that reveals the truth to them. And because of this, we are confused about our identities, we're confused about what our purpose is on this life or what paths we need to take. But God knows all of these things. He gives you, He has this weapon for you. He wants you to use it so that you have clarity that you can defeat the devil so that you can conquer those thoughts that are trying to penetrate day and night whether it's in your dreams or you're at work and, and or you're driving whatever the case may be he wants to reveal the truth to you he's calling out to you he's knocking on the door of your heart because he has some things that he wants to explain to you but he can only do that he can only cut through that using his word if you pick it up and you read it if you meditate on it day and night he wants to explain to you about why you have that quirk or why your voice is just a little too soft or maybe why you why you care so much. He, he, he created each and every single one of, the, of, of us with these traits and he wants us to pick up his word, to use his Holy Spirit so that we can truly hear and know his voice and his thoughts for who we are and cut through all the lies, cut through all the shame. So that we can see who he created us to be. So that we can conquer the devil. We can conquer those fears. We can conquer everything that is not of him and stand victorious as his children. He's calling out to you to sit down with his word so he can reveal these truths. So he can cut through that mess. So he can cut through that tragedy in your life. So he can cut through those competing voices of the world or those voices in your head. He wants you free. He wants you with him. He just wants you exactly as he made you. He wants his light to illuminate it all. And he wants his light to show you where to go next. But God will not force himself on you. True love is not forced, it is patient, it is kind. And love's name is Jesus. But you have to answer. This requires action. When he knocks, let him in. And his grace and his love and his power will wash over you like a flood. It'll cleanse you. And if you want to answer that knock, if you're ready to let him in, please pray this prayer with me. Dear God, I've been lost I've been blind and stumbling in the dark. I've been bound and chained, but I know that you will hold me up. Give me light and set me free with your love. I ask that you enter my heart and turn me around today. Please forgive me for my sins. I believe you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me and that he rose on the third day. I believe he conquered death, hell, and the grave to set me free. I thank you for this gift. I thank you for this new life. I thank you for your grace. And I receive you into my life today. Create in me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I am so excited if you prayed this prayer with me tonight. I am not the only one celebrating, but all the angels are. And Jesus is happy because his word says that he leaves the ninety-nine those sheep in the gate, he leaves them all because he knows that they are safe just to come find you. He has found that one, and that is you. And I praise God tonight because I know that he's begun his work in you. Father God, thank you for working in me and using me for your glory because it is, because it is all you, Father God, nothing of me, Lord praise you because you are good. You are kind and I'm yours and nothing could ever be greater than the knowledge that you are my father. You are my savior and you are my friend. I love you so much. I thank you for every person who's listening and I pray that you continue to soften their hearts and strengthen their spirits with your word oh father God. I ask that you bless them and that you protect them. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. Thank you once again for listening tonight. If you do have any questions or if you would like for me to pray for you, please send me an email. That is theway.20, the word, 20, the number, at gmail.com. That is T-H-E-W-A-Y dot twenty t y two zero at gmail.com. Thank you again. I love you, and God bless.